You are listening to The Postcast, presented by the Locked On Senators Podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. The Glebe Central Pub is your neighborhood pub in the heart of the Glebe. Go check them out at 779 Bank Street. And make sure you're there Friday to celebrate St. Patty's Day live music from 1.30 to midnight. Doors open at 10 a.m. That's the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller, as always, and we have the entire Postcast crew with us. At Lalim's Martian is here wrapping up a 6-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. The Sens finish off this road trip. One win, four losses. Pilsy, how did you see this one develop? Ross, unfortunately, this developed exactly like I predicted. And uh, we knew it was going to be a high-scoring game. You knew the Oilers were going to come out with a lot of goals, which they did. Connor McDavid... To get one point on FanDuel was minus a thousand. And minus a thousand. Like, that is absolutely insane. And of course, he gets two points in this one. So, yeah, this, to answer your question, Ross, unfortunately, sometimes I'm right. I tried to mush the Sens by betting on the, or mush the Oilers by betting on the Oilers, but. You're only a Sens mush, Pilsy. I know. You, you only know how to mush the Sens. You're the Sens mush god I called you earlier. You <laughs> Accurate as well, but unfortunately, that doesn't work, and the Oilers do exactly what we anticipated here. The goal going into tonight, if you listen to today's Locked On Senators, was meaningful third period. We were 0.4 seconds away from that. Nick Bustad scores just ahead of the buzzer in the second period. Martian, you said that was really lights, camera, and cutscene. Yeah, for me, that was a complete game ender. It was a backbreaker. Like, if you didn't go to bed already at that point, then that was the time to go to bed because you could pretty much see watching this game that when that goal happened and there was no time left on the clock and you got basically three Senators out there who have who have essentially given up on the period because they think it's just going to end. The Oilers had the puck in their own end with seven seconds left in the period, and they somehow worked their way up the ice and managed to score a goal. And that's not a testament to the Oilers just being a good hockey team. It was Nick Busey who ended up scoring the goal. But you've got a couple guys on the ice there for the Sens who just, you know, they, they fell asleep at the end. They just thought the clock was going to run out, and they didn't give – give it to the end of the period. And that's the kind of thing that's really frustrating to see. And it's not the type of guy you would expect it to be either. Cause it's Claude Giroux is one of them. He was, he had Bukestad. Like that was his man. He could have stayed with him and, and he would have prevented the goal if he had. And then you have Eric Brandstrom out there and he's kind of a little bit, I know what he's thinking too. Like he's trying to just like disrupt the play and then the period's over, but he cheats over to the right side way too far. And he allows that lane to happen to lead to the goal. So, I mean, the boys just didn't finish the period, and that's frustrating as hell. That's a three-goal second period for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the power play, five minutes into the second period. At the time, 2-2. We'll get to the scoring summary, but once uh, Drysaddle scored from wide open in the slot, great work for McDavid. Their 73rd assist is ridiculous, would lead the Sens in points with just his assists. And then Nick Bustad, like you mentioned, Martian, that really just felt so deflating. Tim Stutzla made it. No, I'm not even going to say the word interesting. It wasn't. It was still a two-goal game. And despite a bunch of chances for Ottawa when it became a two-goal game, the empty netter from Connor McDavid seals it right 
up. Now, the power play did score in the first period for Ottawa. Brady Kachuk deflects it off a skate and in. You kind of knew that's how an 0 for 20 streak would end. But man, DJ Smith said and Brady Kachuk said that when they got one, it would explode. And that is not how it went in the third period, eh, Pills? No, it certainly isn't. I mean, Ross, I set the bar today. My keys to improvement, not keys to victory, was just gain momentum on the power play. And you know what? I thought the power play looked a lot better than it has recently. But keep in mind that is a low bar as the power play was god-awful recently. But they get a power play goal. And, Ross, no shorthanded goal allowed tonight. The Sens, actually. Moment of silence? Okay, all right. Uh, hey, well, but the sense in flipping the script, they get a shorthanded goal. Tim Stutzla is becoming a major threat shorthanded. And how about Dylan Gambrell with the offensive touch there with the beautiful pass in the two-on-one? But That's your guy, think, probably. Yeah, <laughs> Gambrell, that's my guy. But the Ottawa Senators still ultimately, they go one for five on the power play, which is an improvement, but... Up against an Edmonton Oilers team where you knew there was going to be trading chances and a lot of goals, you'd hope for a little bit better than uh, one for five here. So, tough. Yeah, the Sens power play does convert, but now they're one for their last 24 on the power play (laughs) and really didn't gain any momentum that they can bring back home for an extremely tough stretch uh, against Tampa on Thursday and the Maple Leafs in town on Saturday at the Canadian Tire Center. Brady Kachuk's goal in the power play was assisted by Alex DeBrinkett and Jake Sanderson, who replaced an injured Thomas Shabbat manning the top unit. We'll get to our Send Central standouts. No spoilers, but also tonight, Tim Stutzla sets a franchise record, tying and then passing Daniel Alfredson with his 67th and 68th career goals, the most by a senator in their first three NHL seasons and he did it not even needing half a season the COVID one was only 56 games I think that record it might extend does Tim Stutzla hit 40 goals this year Martian I think he's got an incredible chance to do it for sure he only needs six more Ross and I think a lot of people if you you know when we drafted Tim Stutzla if you told them you know his ceiling is he's a I mean he's a 35 goal guy and he's gonna do it one day in the NHL I think a lot of people would be pretty stoked to have this guy join the team, right, as a 35-goal scorer. Well, he's going to hit 35, I can tell you that. There's no way he goes the rest of the season without scoring one more goal. He'll do that. 40 is 100% in reach. And I don't know how long it's even been since the Suns had an actual 40-goal score. It's probably Heatley, no? But, I mean, boys, like, this guy is legitimate. He is 21 years old, and he's gonna, he could possibly hit 40 goals. That is absolutely sickening. How nasty was it watching him and Sanderson going back and forth on the power play? You're just reliving that 2020 draft, eh, Pills? Yeah, that was nice to see. And I thought Sanderson had a major impact being the only change on that top power play unit to start at least was Sanderson filling in for Shabbat. And I just thought Sandy plays with a little bit more pace, a little more urgency than Thomas Shabbat does while still having that silky smooth skating and the ability to distribute the puck just like Thomas Shabbat. So I wouldn't be upset, Martian, if we saw this more often going forward, Sanderson being the top guy on PP1. Me either, and it kind of seems like I know they've said Shabbat's day-to-day, but we probably will see this for a little while here. And I I agree with you 100%, Pilsy, and it's the thing – 
about Sanderson is that his feet do not stop moving. I think sometimes Shabbat can get caught a little stationary, and he, he has the skill to be able to get away with that sometimes. But, man, Sanderson just provides that extra movement up top that I was talking about last postcast. Is that what, is what I thought that the power play needed was just more movement? And that, that's the guy for the job. He does a really great job out there. How about the spinorama at the top of the circle after going all the way up? Looked like he was catching an alley-oop when he brought down a clearing attempt in one of the third period power plays. But story of the night is not being able to capitalize at five on five. Both of Ottawa's goals in this game, or sorry, the first two goals rather, came going to the third period. One shorthanded, one power play, and then Tim Stutzla gets that even strength goal. A nice play by Batherson down low uh, to free up that puck and get it to Stutzla in the slot. No mistake. Patrick Brown, Martian, your your childhood hero, Patrick Brown, gets the assist on that one. Um, well, yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm only four years older than him. But <laughs> and you adopted him after his uh, performance against Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I did. I, I did. I, I did adopt Patrick Brown. He, he was getting in there. He was getting in the mix okay a little bit, but I mean, I mean I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and pump Patrick Brown's tires after. Get some assists tonight. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't really go there. I don't know. I don't. I don't love it, but. You know who his center was for some of the night was Shane Pinto. Got uh, put down on that line a bit in the uh, third period. You think that was a fair move from DJ? In the third period, when they moved Pinto down. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I don't know, but he was with, up there with Giroux later in the game, and they had their chances there. So he he it might have woke him up a little bit. I think maybe it worked. It wasn't you know the worst coaching move in the world, that's for sure. But no, I I don't know. Pinto Pinto has been making you know it's a long season for this guy too. He's never played this amount of hockey in his career up until this point, right? Obviously being out last season and then playing in college, so. I think the long season might be wearing this guy down a little bit, and he's had tough assignments the entire year as well, right? So you got to give him a break. <laughs> he's a rookie. Um, but, I, I mean, moving him down and up the lineup, that's just giving him a little kick in the pants, I think. So I don't I don't hate it. How about the play on Jacob Chikrin? What did you guys think of that, where Leon Dreisaitl and Chikrin are, are both going towards a puck in the corner? And I mean, he didn't touch it. Is that not interference, boarding, take your pick? Well, Pilsy, I don't know if you want to take this one. Go ahead if you do. I think it's a tough call because both of those players are at the same position battling for the puck. Like for me, that wasn't like uh, Jacob Chikrin's going to get that puck and Drysaddle interferes with him. It's both of them are going at the same time and Drysaddle just puts a heavy shoulder on him. I, I mean, if you wanted to call that interference, I wouldn't be too upset, but I actually thought they got the call right on that uh, as as a Sens hater myself. <laughs> Hey, you were tonight. I mean, my God. Um, so the Ottawa Senators lose 6-3. Coming up, we'll get in two our Send Central standouts. And one note tonight as well, DJ Smith moving into sole possession of second on the Ottawa Senators' all-time coaching wins list, passing Paul McLean. They were both tied at 114 games. DJ Smith taking about 40 more games to get there than Paul McLean when he did it in 2015. Jacques Martin, I think your record's safe, pal. He's got a 226 game win lead on most wins for Senators coach in team history. All right, on the other side, Sen Central standouts. We finally have finished our last late night puck drop as well of the Sen season. So stick taps to that. We've got some 
Seven o'clock starts later on this week, including Hockey Night in Canada against the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. Today's episode, all postcasts are brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Let's let you know that the Glebe Central Pub is in for a week. They've got their shuttle on Thursday and they've got their shuttle on Saturday. Or sorry, yeah, Saturday. But then Friday, Friday, Pilsy, could be the big event at the Glebe Central Pub. Yeah, Ross, I'm jealous I'm not in the Ottawa area to go to the Glebe Central Pub for my 30th birthday on St. Patty's Day. Martian, I'm looking at the menu here. They got some fun St. Patty's Day stuff. I'm looking at bangers and mash, so sausage, peas, potato mash, and Guinness gravy and onions. That's a classic pub dish. And then, Ross, I thought of you when I saw this menu item. The beer and a buddy. You get a pint of harp. And a Jameson shot. I've seen you do that move a couple times. Uh, thing ever when when pubs do that. I love it. I love that play. But like everybody gets their beer and they're happy, and then they go, "Oh, I gotta take this shot too." (laughs) It's kind of funny. Jameson's definitely my go-to shot. Marshall, what's your go-to shot at the Glebe Central Pub? You know what? I'm I'm a tequila shot guy. If I'm gonna do a shot, like give me if I'm if I'm gonna do a real shot that's not like a Burt Reynolds or something like that or a, a polar bear, you know, I'll do, I'll do a tequila shot. You would have loved Cabo, I can tell you that. With a lime? Oh uh, yeah, usually yeah, I can handle it without it, but uh, I want the lime. <laughs> it's part I of the mean, experience. If you're going tequila at the Glebe Central Pub, maybe ask. I don't. Are you allowed to ask for Corona at a at a pub? Sure. I feel like that might yeah. be frowned upon. If nah. they carry it, they can't give you crap for it. That's true. Hey, yeah, you don't want it, don't offer it. Leave <laughs> <laughs> Central Pub. there for a year. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> yeah. The Leave Central Pub is all about uh, all about making sure that their guests are all happy all the time. Go there for an all Irish food menu on Friday. Check them out, Glebe Central Pub. We love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub, Pilsy. You dick, you did well on FanDuel tonight, didn't you? Yeah, it's with no happiness, honestly. I honestly mean that, that uh, my FanDuel account is looking better after the Sens loss. But that's because I just, Martian, when you know, you know. And I knew this Sens team was not up to the task tonight, especially with a couple injuries. The Edmonton Oilers are stacked at home since, since the start of 2023. So I went to FanDuel and I made an educated uh, guess, hoping that I would actually lose and mush the Oilers and help the Sens, but it didn't work out that way. But the good thing is I did it on the trusted sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's FanDuel. The app is so easy to get your uh, any live bets in. You can do same game parlays. I actually hit on parlays, plural, if you guys can believe that. And it was all done at the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So check them out today. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and see what offers they have for you. FanDuel, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Pilsy, right. I have a confession to make as well here. Oh. I also went to FanDuel <laughs> and I placed a bet for the Edmonton Oilers and the over. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dry settled the score and it hurt me so badly. But that's you know smart, what? though. You that's smart. You do out there. We talked about this. Yep. You make yourself happy no matter what. If if you know hedging a, a sends win with a, with a you know one of their competitors winning, it doesn't feel good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It feels horrible. But sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. Also got to do some send central standouts despite the score, Sean. Appreciate you, Sean. Yes, thank you, Sean. I say Jimmy Stews, eh? And uh, with this game, 6-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Pilsy, where are you going 
for your first Send Central standout? First, do you think we're sw- you're, we're snapping it around twice on this one, Ross? We, uh, if Pilsy takes the low hanging fruit, then I, I'm going to scramble to find one. So go ahead, Pils. <laughs> I meant the first as the one, two, three. Okay, good. Because I was like, oh, I better scramble with my second pick here too. Um, Martian, I'm taking that low hanging fruit. You know, I'm a lazy guy. If there's fruit right there, I'll just pick it. I don't need to climb the tree. I'm going Tim Stutzla, my my German guy up against Leon Dreisaitl. This was a a battle of the titans in German hockey. Yeah, I'm calling Tim Stutzla the Titan Mo Sider. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yes, Tim Stutzla showed up tonight with two goals. Leon Dreisaitl also had two goals. But I just thought Timmy continues to roll along here. Like he's been so consistent lately, even with changing line mates. Even with his partner in crime, Brady Kachuk, having a bit of a slump here, that's very uncharacteristic for Brady. Timmy continues to thrive. So I, I got to give my Sen Central standout to Tim Stutzla here. Yes, and you, we already mentioned that he made Senators history by yes. getting uh, past Daniel Alfredson 68 goals. Tim Stutzla, I mean, a superstar. And I feel like Jamie McLennan's bringing it up as often as possible. Heard a couple of superstar references from him tonight. He's up to 73 points on the season which, as we said, is the same amount as Connor McDavid has assists, and he is the Sens' leading point getter right here. Martian, go ahead, my brother. I'll figure out a third, but I think I know where you're going. Do you? I don't think you do. I'm go- I'm taking Pilsy's favorite player, oh. Dylan-, Dylan Gambrell. Oh. Hey, you know what? There's not very often where we get a chance to praise Dylan Gambrell. And it's you true. know what tonight is? It's one of those nights where we get to praise Dylan Gambrell he played 14 minutes tonight, which is a pretty good amount of time for Dylan Gambrell, if I'm not mistaken. He doesn't usually play that much, and we know DJ loves him, and he loves to talk about the Gambrell line in his post-game conferences. But you know what? That assist to Tim Stussel, shorthanded, was a hell of a play. That was a great pass, and and Dylan Gambrell doesn't make that very that kind of play very much. So um, I got to give him a bit of a shine. He was one of the few players who was a, a an even player tonight so he you know he, he wasn't costing the team out there um i like gambrell's game and and you got to give a little bit of credit to him every now and then i know dj does it but we never do so tonight's the night uh, and 50 percent the dot pills so nice i was gonna finish with I that know you, uh, i know you're you gonna go there so just 50 percent the dot Nothing good, nothing bad. It's just right and, down the middle. And that led uh, all Ottawa Senators in face-off percentage. So that was that was as good as it was going to get Dylan Gambrell tonight. He got to play on the second line for a bit when Shane Pinto was demoted. If you had Dylan Gambrell playing second line center on your bingo card at the start of this season, congrats to you because I never would have guessed that. Um, he also got an assist on one of the Edmonton goals. Eh? He was trying to clear it, but he put it right on, I think it was Nugent Hopkins' stick. We're not worried about that right now. Stand, stand <laughs> don't, <up segment. laughs> don't don't look at his five on five shot share either. Then, eh? Analytics. Oh, hey, listen, <laughs> I've never been a big analytics guy. So. Nice. <laughs> you want me to tell you them just for fun? They're oh, bad. Man, I just looked at them. <laughs> this is like, yo, you're ruining my standout. <laughs> That's just, a for nerds. I, I tested I, it all. Like I said, I was scrambling to find a guy. I took a quick view of the stats. I remembered the, the shorthand play. You guys can't give me too hard of a time here, okay? The Sens lost 6-3. <laughs> Do you want to know it, though, just for fun? It pit- yeah, I mean, yeah. People want to know. People want to know. Do you want shot share or expected goals percentage? 
Well, expected goals percentage is going to be horrible. So give me that one. Three per, three percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. Three of them, though. Three of those percents. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And and uh, half. Hey, don't don't zero. off. It was actually three point five. Oh, come on, round up for the kid. Give him four. Yeah. You're gonna say three point six. <laughs> it's not that funny. No, no. Hey, short-handed <laughs> wizard. Short-handed, he was a wizard. So we'll give you him that. Sorry. Well, maybe it wasn't a great standout. Uh, how about Timmy after Gambrell makes that pass? Timmy gives him one of those reactions like, oh, my God. Dylan, yeah. like, you well, did he it. He was shocked. He's like, that yeah. was go for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're actually leaving me the one I thought you were going to take. I thought there was two easy ones. And I'm going to take the – You I'm, didn't think Tim Stutzla was the obvious one? No, I said there – I thought there were two obvious ones. Okay. And Jake Sanderson, guys, come on! Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. Unreal tonight. He uh, he played twenty four twenty. Most of any Sens defenseman. Now, yeah, six minutes of it was on the power play, but just smooth, gives confidence, moves the puck quick around the umbrella, and uh, gets an assist as well on on the first goal of the game. Yeah, the secondary assist on the Brady Kachuk goal, and that was just from good puck movement all throughout. And uh, I just loved what I saw from him, and I think that this is only the beginning. Sometimes you forget that he's only 20 years old. And just like we said with Shane Pinto about how he has never played this many games, neither is Jake Sanderson coming straight from college and now doubling his uh, his games played. 62nd game of the season for Jake Sanderson. And now he's up to 26 points, which I believe is sole possession of fourth most by a rookie Senators defenseman. Um, I know that Wade Redden holds that record. Um, and there's a couple other guys. Carlson's right in the mix there as well, but he's certainly climbing and and, uh, and doing a good job. So obviously you don't want Shabbat to be out long, but uh, nice to know that Sanderson is able to step up and take on a number one defenseman workload for at least one night here to finish off this disastrous road trip from hell. Russ, we knew that Jake Sanderson would be able to handle a full season workload the night that you and I sat in my apartment and watched him play three games in one. <laughs> For UND, <laughs> went to what eight overtimes? I think it was yeah six maybe. Oh maybe six. Okay, yeah, I, I'm exaggerating. Let's throw a little sugar on it, but you know. But what plus I mean? the three periods of regulation, though, Martian. Yeah. So, so he, yeah. I mean, he played basically three games in one that night. So you and I know he he's a physical specimen, and he's not going to have any issue playing. You know, a lot of minutes or a lot of games. Yeah, and he's only getting better and better. And this was a bit of a homecoming because dad's from uh, from Edmonton, St. Albert. So uh, I think he had some family in the crowd as well as, as the night in Calgary. And Scott writes in, when Sandy realizes he can skate his way out of anything he wants, he's going to be that much more dangerous. And mm-hmm. that goes to with what uh, Grand Forks Herald writer Brad Schlossman told yes. us uh, last year where it's like, okay, he like does the fundamental. He's the classic, like, don't do the tricks, but learn the trade before you learn the tricks of the trade type thing. Yeah. So, that's that's where he's doing the fundamentals right now. Unreal gap defender, a eh? awesome stick, and he, he even was great defending on on McDavid and and Drysaddle tonight. So love what uh, what I saw from him. And um, Sugar Ray Emery in the chat points out as well. It's Andre Mazaros, number one. Okay, most points by a rookie Senators defenseman. I'm gonna get the stat on that, but I'll snap it back over to you, Pilsy. Um. I, I ironically I do have an honorable mention. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it, but Drake Batherson has been playing much better recently. Uh, and again, that's kind of one of those low bar comments as his play was really bad. And 
asterisks anytime you get moved on a line with Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. You better play better, otherwise yeah. something's wrong with you. Uh, so I just wanted to give Drake Batheson an honorable mention shout-out here. As I saw a bunch of people in the chat talking about how Batheson had a better game and just want to answer Sens fans in van. What are your thoughts on pickled turnip at Shawarma Palace and mixing Ooh. sweet sauce and garlic? I could get down for that. Anything with I, garlic, and I love the pickled turnips, a little uh, little vinegar and a little crunch in your shawarma wrap. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Real quick, I, I'm a I'm not usually a shawarma palace because there's just such a nice. I don't know, I'm a bit of a purist also at times, but if I'm going to a, sh- a shawarma place I don't recognize that much, I'll go sweet sauce and hot sauce every time. Nice. I like to mix the sweet two. and spicy. Sweet and spicy. It's the way to go. And the tahini here, right? Yeah, I think that's like is it. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but is it like a um, sesame sauce kind of thing? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. I like the sesame sauce too, yeah. Very good, hey? You might as well throw all, all four of those sauces on there. Sweet sauce, sauce it up. Sauce it up. Yeah, yeah. sauce. It's never going to go wrong. It's, just a, it's a, <laughs> an explosion of flavor in your mouth. A <laughs> lot of lot of sauce on this list of rookie defenseman points, and it's Jake Sanderson tied in third. With Eric Carlson, 26 points each right now. Is that a, a good place to be on a list or what? Tied with Eric Carlson. Uh, Carlson did it in 60 games, and Jake Sanderson has played 62. So there's the trajectory you're on right now uh, when you're looking at the points by a defenseman with Jake Sanderson. Wade Redden had 30. I think same thing with uh, Stutzla being six goals away from 40. Jake Sanderson, five points away from being number two on this list. Oh, yeah. I don't think Andre Mazaros' is 39 points is in jeopardy, but I think Wade Redden might have to uh, have to sign off on Jake Sanderson passing him here. Yeah, if you had to bet on one or the other, what, what would you take? Stutzla scoring 40 or Sanderson breaking that number? I'd probably do a same same season parlay, FanDuel. There you go. Hell <laughs> yeah, go. same season parlay. That's the way to go. <laughs> Disclaimer. That is not available at FanDuel, but it would be fun. Uh, I, think, I think I'd be under the both camp. I think they both happen. Yeah. yeah. Want to go hot take? Sanderson's – Sanderson's um, – what would it be? His 31st point is going to be assisting Stutzla's 40th. Ooh, I love that. Here's one Here's one I was just thinking of, though. I bet you Sanderson gets five more points in the next five games. Whoa. Right, well, with no Shabbat and playing top power play, it could happen. Yep. Yeah, it's like the expanded role thing, right? He j- jumps in, fills the void, and nobody notices. He just, he just, it's almost like I hate to say, like almost like you don't miss Shabbat, but in a way, you almost don't. But especially the way that they, you know, they were breaking down the defense by having all the left-handed guys on the left and Chicker not being up, you know, in the top four or in the top four pairings, however you want to phrase it. For me, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, Sanderson can do a lot out there already, and he's just going to keep getting better, so that's cool. Okay, we've gotten 28 minutes into the show, and this game wasn't won or lost because of goaltending, but the first couple goals were pretty deflating. Like, mm-hmm. how do the Senators move forward? We heard Bruce Garriock say that they're going to eventually try to get Marilyn in over to help Belleville, who is also on, like, their, what, eighth-string goalie right now? It's insane, yeah. Yeah, is that like one of those situations where it's almost like an emergency call over or like call up, or is his season's just constri- like he's playoff. Pat's in playoffs. Yeah, they're still playing. So, yeah. so is he hurt? Because I saw that he wasn't playing a couple days ago as well. I think it might be a minor thing, but also their other goalie just came back as well, and he's twenty four. Okay. So I think he might have priority. 
Um, yeah, interesting. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Pilsy is due for his finish uh, scouting trip that he does every season here yeah. with yeah. The Senators. But I've been hearing about that trip. <laughs> that, that's AHL stuff, though. Like Levy Marilyn is not going to give me any more confidence than Matt Sogard would. I think if they they did, it would have to be a veteran. And I mean, we there is precedent though. Remember they got old Scotty Gomez to come in and uh, plug a second line center hole for the last thirteen games of I think Hilarious. the twenty sixteen season. And uh, I don't know, man, because like, what do you do? What do you do going forward with this stretch? Like, I don't think it's good for anybody. If and they they've been so impressive, being able to step up and like Mando didn't even look out of place against Boston in Boston on the second half of back to back. But it's just like the players. Maybe that's kind of where we're at in realizing that this is such a young team as we're talking this out is kind of like they're at this wall where they they haven't been here before, sixty five games into a season and. The goalies, I think it's showing a little bit more now. Tonight was Mad Sogard's 10th start in the NHL this season. Yeah. 11th game after he came in in relief last time when Edmonton was here. But that was only five minutes. Like, it, it is a grind. So I'm just hoping that that they keep battling and until the end. I mean, hopefully the results change a little bit. But, um, yeah, you just hope these lessons and the, the muscle memory can be kind of carried into next season. Yeah, if we want to really look at this from a, like a high-level, big-picture perspective, like the only thing we ever really asked for going into this season was having meaningful games leading into March. And we're 14 days into March now. And, I mean, like it or not, and, like, you know, some people may not believe this now at this point with the, with the three straight losses like this, but they're playing meaningful games. They still mean something. They can still make it if they really floor it and win a bunch in a row. I mean, but I mean, what do we, what did we really think was going to be the end game of this season? We knew they weren't going to win the Stanley cup. That's a fact. Like that's, I mean, I guess you get in, anything can happen. You can say that all you want, but like you got to get in. And this, you know, this team is, is close and next year they're going to be better guaranteed. And the chances of them making the playoffs, I would say are pretty good right now. So uh, I mean, if we if we really want to look at it like that, you can't be too upset. If you're that upset, then you're just being emotional because you know you had the hope and we all had the hope. But if I told you back in middle December that this team was going to be you know within striking distance of a playoff spot and on March 14th, you would have laughed in my face. So we've come a long way. Our expectations always are being adjusted by every you know every time they do well on a stretch. Like you know you get that little hope up, but um, you know, we're still believing. We're still believing out here, right, Bills? Yeah, I'm. I'm still believing because, like, the math is still there, and we're not math guys, so take that uh, statement with a grain of salt. But the thing is, growth is a slow process sometimes, and if you want proper growth, it takes time. Like, I mean, look at the Leafs; they went from rebuilding to making the playoffs, and what has that done for them? They haven't won a single goddamn round because it all jump-started too quickly. Guys got paid too quickly, and there wasn't really that growth process. So I think you have to go through these things. You have to go through failure, and you have to be so close. If you're Brady Chuck, Thomas Shabbat, Tim Stutzen, you have to realize how hard it is to get there and what it takes. So I'm okay with the fact that the Ottawa Senators are, are struggling to stay alive here, but... Then you consider all the injuries, both veteran goalies out, Josh Norris out, uh, minor injuries sprinkled all over the place. So this team has set themselves up for success. 
they're just not at a point where they're able to break through such tough adversity quite yet because there's so many other teams battling for that same spot. So I'm okay with with where this team is at, honestly. And the games coming up are still meaningful. The Senators right now sit six points behind the New York Islanders with a throng of teams in there. Fair. But they still somewhat, to an extent, control their own destiny if they can step up to the plate on at home and then two real tough road games. That Pittsburgh game might be the last meaningful one, right? If Pittsburgh's the team at that point that's maybe second, if if the Islanders or, or even Florida, if they can catch up, less likely Florida. But that Penguins game on, on Tuesday, I believe, in in Pittsburgh, that might be... On Monday, Ross. Monday, right, Tuesday, Boston. Boston. Yep. Yikes. That might be the season. But if you can, if you can win two out of three of Tampa, Toronto, and, and Pittsburgh, mm. and one of them being Pittsburgh, so one of the next two at home, you have to at least split the next two at home, right? You have to. You have I to. think for me, home games are must-wins. Like, those are the ones you have the edge. So just, I mean, the competition is never going to be easy. That's the one place we know that we can get behind them as fans and, like, try to get them going, and it usually works. And I think they play better at home, obviously. The record basically shows that, but... I think the I think home games for me are must wins. Okay. Well, the home record looks uh, a lot better than the road one this year. 19, 12 and 2 on Canadian Tire Center ice, 14, 18, sorry. Yeah, 14, 18 and 2 outside of it. They're on a three-game losing streak. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. Final thoughts on this one after a 6-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers, a great night for German hockey. Two goals each for Leon Dreisaitl and Tim Stutzla. Pilsy, what else do you have from this one? My final thoughts are I can't wait for some home cooking. I mean, if you guys have ever done road trips, sure, it's fun and exciting. And you're like, ah, McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You got to do what you got to do. But you start feeling it. You start missing your own bed. Maybe the hotels, the pillows aren't quite the same. That's why Jacob Bernard Docker brings his own pillow on road trips because you get grumpy if you don't have the comforts of home. So I am hoping that the comforts of home, some home-cooked meals, your own bed, your own commute, your own uh, routine, I'm hoping that will make a big difference for this Ottawa Senators because this road trip has just been as disappointing as you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it has been disappointing. And and my final thoughts from this one is is you kind of just ran into a bit of a wagon there. I think the Sens came out with the right intentions and they played well to start this game, but... I mean, you got Connor McDavid and Leon Dryside on the other side, and they're gearing up for a big playoff push here. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers end up winning the West, to be honest, obviously, with the weapons that they have. So, you know, that's that's just a better team on the other side, and, and you can't yep. be that mad. Uh, even though it, stakes were high for the Sens, um, you know, the, the Oilers weren't going to just let them win. So that's the way she goes good way to get more wins is to score first the senators have allowed the first goal in 11 of their last 16 games that needs to improve at home what else needs to improve we'll get into that conversation tomorrow on locked on senators we also have a send central citizen for you we're gonna have a fun conversation for you earlier drop tomorrow but if you've missed any of this week's locked on senators you can find that wherever you download your podcast and available on YouTube. In the meantime, go check us out on social media at Send Central on Twitter 
Martian is at Laleem's Martian. You can also follow the show on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators, at Laleem's Martian there. And we'll chat tomorrow on Locked On Senators. Let's get some go sends go in the chat. Our boy Kevin is here. Kevin, sickest display picture going. Shout out Doodling Daryl. That was awesome to see there. Kevin, appreciate you always bringing some positivity on what is a dark night as a one and four five-game road trip wraps up. Next time you'll see the Senators will be on Canadian Tire Center ice. I'd imagine uh, on the game day Thursday, maybe a day off after being away from their families for almost two weeks. We'll find out more about that tomorrow. For tonight, we say goodbye. For at Laleem's Martian and Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Go check them out on St. Patty's Day, the Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street, and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.